Well, good morning, Journey. Happy New Year. <laughs> Happy New Year. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. Anyway, <laughs> well, I'm so excited to have the opportunity to kick off 2021 with you guys. My name is Mike Evans. I serve on the pastoral team here. And I am still super jazzed and super excited from not just the fact that the Chiefs are 14-1, and one, of course, but uh, that these Christmas services we had where we had over 2,000 people in the house, plus those who are watching online, and we had over 140 spiritual decisions. I'm still kind of living on the excitement of that and all God did. I'm excited about the snow we had this past Friday. I mean, if it's going to be cold, it may as well snow, right? Yes. <laughs> I'm excited I had some time with family. Um, got to kind of uh, chill for a few days this past week, and my brother and his wife came up from Texas, and we had a blast together, um, getting in trouble and being crazy. And then uh, also, um, last but certainly not least, I saw a good friend get married on Wednesday. Tara Stafford, our kids director, is now Tara Wells. So yeah, so that's pretty awesome. And uh, then, of course, the building project outside that's going on. It's just so fun. Almost every day, something changes out there, and it's just fun to watch that happen. And tomorrow, I think, the concrete is being poured. Isn't that crazy? So when you come back next week, if you're here in the house, that's going to be a big slab, and it's going to just clean things up and look so nice. And I just want to say thank you to those of you who are here today. Thank you to those who are watching online today for being with us today. God bless you. We're so glad you're with us today. And you know, it's the first Sunday of the year. And it, of course, it sounds a little cliche to do, but it's always fun for me to think about the New Year's resolutions that I made back in 2020 and kind of how I did in all of those different things. And I remember back in January of last year, I, I made some commitments to... Um, to read these, a certain set of books. I made an exercise plan that I had in place in January and February were going. And even into March, we were really rolling and things were going well. And then kind of Corona and COVID hit. And I kind of went from moving forward in all of my goals to, hey, let's all survive this, whatever this is together, right? And, and I don't know if you're in the same boat that I was in then, but we made it through 2020. And that's pretty awesome. Just that, right? But, um, you know, we hit the new year um, just a couple of days ago. And with the new year comes new opportunities to chart a new course for a great year. And as I thought about the year coming up, um, 2021, I came up with five, as I prayed through this coming year and goals I was setting, I came up with five kind of New Year's resolutions I wanted to make for this year because I love doing this. I love the, just the, the kind of process of goal setting and figuring out um, what, I'm, what I think the Lord wants us to accomplish and me to accomplish in a year and then just getting to share it with you as a treat. So I'm going to share with you guys um, five uh, resolutions I have for this year. Number one is to read through the whole Bible this year. I don't do this Every single year, last year I read through the New Testament, um, but this year I want to read through the whole Bible. We have these, if you want to join me in that, we have these uh, little pamphlet brochures that you can grab on your way out today, both for the Old and New Testament, and there's another one where you can just read through the New Testament. So if that's, if that's more your speed, that's totally fine. Um, but I want to read through the Bible, not just to say I read through the Bible, but so that the Bible will be in me, you know, so that the Bible will remain just a journey with all the characters and all the people and all the incredible things that happen in the scripture. I just want to kind of journey with God through the Bible this year and see what he teaches me. So that's one of my resolutions. Here's another one. Um, it's to go on three to four date nights per month with the wifey. Okay. Um, it's amazing um, how like if you don't plan those, they don't happen. And uh, so I told Wendy um, when I uh, shared these with her, I said, this is a goal that I have. And she approved, which is a good thing, right? And so we're going to do three to four date nights. So every once in a while, I'll go, hey, 
hey, how was your last date night, Mike? And I'll say, hey, it was good. We went for a walk. Um, anyway, um, another resolution I have. No, I do better than that. I'm just kidding. Um, but another resolution I have this year is to live this year with what I call a distraction-free phone. Okay, I, I, you know, they say confession is good for the soul, but bad for the reputation. And, and uh, I, I will confess that I have a tendency, okay, I have, I have a phone addiction, okay? I spend too much time on my phone. And so one of the things that I just um, want to be in 2021 is more present with people. And so one of the things I've done is I've taken all the apps off of my phone that aren't like necessary for my life. You know what I mean? Like, um, and so I've taken those off and I've also taken off notifications. So the phone is more of a tool than rather something I just more than a crutch. And so, um, so I've done that this year and the prayer for, along with that is really, it's just a goal to, to be more present with people. And, uh, so we'll see how it goes this year. Uh, the next resolution I have is to try not to miss the goodness of each day. And what I mean, that sounds kind of corny, I know, but here's what I mean by that. Um, at the end of every day, I want to, um, I bought this journal last week and it just has like a little spot for each day, like five lines. And at the end of every day, and I'm two for two, I'm two days in, let's go. And, uh, so anyway, I'm two for two, but at the end of every day, before I go to bed, I just want to write out one or two things where I saw the goodness of God where I see what is a blessing, a conversation I had, just something that happened that day where um, I saw God bless. And I just want to get to the end of the year and just be able to have like this journal of God's goodness and blessings in my life. So, so that's another one that I have. Um, and you can certainly join me in that. It's not too late. And then the last one is this, to live by my word for 2021. And my word for 2021 is gentleness. Um, Philippians 4, verse 5 says, uh, the Apostle Paul writes, he says, um, let your gentleness be evident to all the Lord is near. And just kind of in the way I interact with all the people in my life, I just, the prayer is that I would be gentle with people. And so that's, um, so that's my list of resolutions. And I guess I want to start the message by asking you, what are yours? Like, what are your goals for this year? Spiritually speaking, physically speaking, what, as you look to 2021, how do you want to be different at the end of this year than you are today? If you, if you want to be different and grow in your walk with God and grow in your life, it takes making intentional steps to get there. And if you don't have any or you're kind of unclear on where you want to go this year, you've come to the right place today. I'm glad that you're here because we're going to look at the scripture and we're going to together kind of form some goals for 2021. In fact, here's a resolution I pray for all, all, that all of us can sink our teeth into in 2021. And that's this, that, that we would all grow together like crazy in what I would call spiritual community in 2021. Like as the building outside is being built and we watch that go up, we watch that structure go up, that building structure pales in comparison to the growth we're seeing internally in our lives spiritually as well. That we're like so spiritually prepared for when that building opens and God brings us more and more people that we're just like ready to go. And so that's kind of the, that's a resolution I kind of have for all of us. And that leads me to our goals for this message today. They kind of fall in line with what I just shared with you. Number one, to see the critical importance of spiritual community in 2021. And the second is, is like it. It's that for all of us in some way to come home to spiritual community. If you were a part of our Christmas, any of our Christmas services, you heard Pastor Christian talk about um, coming home to spiritual community. And this has been a year that has, has isolated so many people. And the heart I have, and the heart that our team has for you and for all of us is that we would come home, come back 
to the spiritual community to help us grow. We were not meant to grow as Lone Ranger Christians. We were meant to grow in community together. So that's where we're going to go this morning. But before we open God's word together today, let's just take a minute and take a deep breath and pray. So if you would bow your heads with me and join me in prayer, let's all take a deep breath together. Maybe your first deep breath of 2021. Lord, as we open your scriptures together, we pray that you would speak to us through them, that your Holy Spirit would rightly divide the word of truth, and that you would use these words to touch hearts, to challenge us, and to move us, not only practically, but in a really intentional way, to say, God, we want to we make this our best spiritual year ever. Um, for so many reasons. God, we love you. We thank you for the opportunity to study your word together and pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay, we are going to be this morning in Acts chapter 2. So if you have a Bible, um, you haven't gotten there yet, you can turn to Acts 2, and we'll be there in just a second. Let me kind of set the scene of what we're going to be reading, okay? In Acts chapter 2, at the end of the chapter, um, a few things have happened. Uh, Jesus has been crucified, and uh, he spent those three days in the tomb, and he rose from the dead on Passover, what we call the end of Passover week, okay? And seven weeks later, seven weeks after Passover, is another Jewish festival called Pentecost, or the Feast of Weeks, the Feast of First Fruits, where they come to celebrate the harvest. The Jewish people love their festivals, and this is another one of those in that, in that long line. And as there's thousands and thousands of, of Jewish folks there in Jerusalem um, on this Feast of Weeks, this, um, um, this day of Pentecost, the Apostle Peter, whose life has been significantly transformed by Jesus as Jesus restored him to, um, to, to, you know, to, to his walk with him, to his walk with Jesus, um, the Apostle Peter stands up and preaches a sermon. In Acts chapter 2, verses 1 through 41 are that, is that sermon that he preached there on that day of Pentecost. And at the end of that message, the scripture tells us that over 3,000, that 3,000 people were saved and baptized in response to that message. And then 42 through 47, where we're going to be today, kind of tells you four characteristics or four marks of what made these early followers of Jesus just so unique and so incredible. And we're going to look at those four, um, four things in just a minute, but let's look at the scripture together before we do that. It says this, it says that they, these early Christians, these thousands of people who had just begun walking with Jesus, they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to the fellowship and to the breaking of bread and to prayer. It says, everyone was filled with awe at the many wonders and signs performed by the apostles. And all the believers were together and had everything in common. They sold property and possessions to give to anyone who had need. And every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people. And then verse 47 says, and the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. That's an awesome passage of scripture. This first Christian community was marked with a love for one another and a commitment to one another. They were marked in the world as they watched this this Christian community be born, took notice, and people right and left were giving their hearts to Jesus. And the church, the movement that we are part of today began in in these days. And I don't know about you, but when I read that, when I think about that, and I think about us here, I think, man, I want some of that here. I want to see that kind of movement here. And here's the first thing I want to notice. If we want what would happen then to happen here, here's the first thing to notice about what was unique about this group of folks is that they devoted themselves. There was a, they didn't just meet up when times when it was convenient to get together. 
You know, we wouldn't say we're devoted something only that we, that we only get involved when, when we don't have anything else better to do. We wouldn't say we're devoted to something that we do only when we feel like it. No, devotion means that there's an intentionality about making it a part of your world, the culture of how you do life. And this church modeled this kind of devotion to one another, this devotion to God that I see, that, and we see through the text that we just read, and we go, mm, if you're anything like me, you're saying, I want some of that for us here today in 2021. Well, what four things did they devote themselves? Let's take a quick look at what they were. They devoted or were intentionally committed to the apostles' teaching. That's the scripture being taught to them. To to fellowship, that's the spiritual community. To the breaking of bread, that's like more intentional community, kind of on a more of a level of accountability we'll talk about in a minute. And then also to prayer. And this leads me, as, we, as I was thinking about this passage and I was thinking about this year coming up, it led me to think about t- four goals that are rooted in Acts 2 that, that I'd love all of us to lean on as a church family, whether you're here today or you're watching online, um, that I would love us all to lean into as we um, grab a hold of 2021. We're praying that at least one, but hopefully all four will kind of grab you and say, you want to be a part of what is happening this year. So let's look at these four goals that the early followers of Jesus lived out and that we want to have here in our world as well. The first one is their commitment to learn together. It said, the scripture says that they were devoted to the apostles' teaching. You say, Pastor Mike, what is that? What is the apostles' teaching? Well, quite simply, it's this. It's what Jesus taught in those three years of his ministry about the kingdom, about the gospel, his de- Jesus' death, his burial, and his resurrection. That message of hope in Jesus is, the, is what, they were, what they were being taught about and that growing by learning the word and Christian living from the apostles. That was the movement that, we, that they were a part of. And, and, and one of the things I love about our church is that we have a deep commitment to the scripture and we have a deep commitment to the, what we call the apostles' teaching, to the gospel. And, and, and we want you to know that that's, 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 at, that's at our foundation and that's at our root. But in order to, um, to grow spiritually, you have to be here spiritually to grow. And let me share with you what I mean by that. James, or James who was Jesus' brother, his half-brother, same mom, different dad. You'll think about it and catch it in a minute. But he says this, but prove yourselves doers of the word and not just hearers who deceive themselves. Prove yourselves doers of the word and not just hearers who deceive themselves. See, the goal here, the goal we have is to, as we present the truths that are found in Scripture, for you to apply them, for you to Monday through Saturday put to application, put feet to what you're learning here on a Sunday or a Wednesday or on a, a small group of some kind. That's, that's the goal. But in order to do what the Word says, what do you have to do? You have to hear it. You have to be a part of the hearing of the word in order to do the word. You know, and I remember when this really, this principle or this point of, of being a doer of the word, not just a hearer, really kind of went to seed in my own heart. And it was back in my, um, back when I was in high school, a few hundred years ago, no, a few decades ago anyway, um, uh, I was a sophomore in high school and uh, I'd come to know Christ when I was in this, right before my sixth grade year. And so I'd been a Christian for a few years, didn't really know much about what it meant to walk with Jesus, went to youth group. You know, but just there wasn't, Jesus really hadn't grabbed a hold of my heart yet. In my sophomore year, our youth pastor at the small little church that we went to in Garland, Texas, his name's Dave, um, he decided he wanted to make like a deep investment in the guys in the youth group. Some of the guys that kind of started to emerge as, as consistent kind of guys there at group. And he, and he said, if you're interested in really growing in your faith, meet me in my office at 6 a.m. on Friday morning. 
And so I was like, 6 a.m. Well, I just got my driver's license, and I was looking for reasons to drive places. So 6 a.m., the first Friday, I came to that, to that discipleship group. Me and some juniors and some seniors, my friend Tucker, who was a sophomore, and my friend Michael, who was a freshman, and my friend Warren, who was a senior, you know, just all these guys. And, uh, and um, he said, when we met there the first time, he said, if you want to be a part of this group, you got to do four things. Number one, um, you have to read. You have to show up every week at 6 a.m. That's the first one. Number two is we're going to do a Bible reading plan. Where we're going to read a chapter a day in the Bible. We're going to discuss it on Fridays. You got to be a part of that. And then number three, um, we'll always be reading other books kind of along with the Bible to help us grow. The first book we ever read, this is the actual copy of it. It's the, the cover's gone because it was under my car all the time, um, but uh, under my car seat in my car. Um, but it's called The Pursuit of Holiness by Jerry Bridges. We still use this book in our followers made group here. Um, and then there's a little study guide that went with it. I have my like high school handwriting in here. It's kind of fun. Um, but we did that. And then the other thing that he asked us to do was to come to church every Sunday morning to sit you know, under our pastor's teaching, his t- what he was teaching us, and then to serve somewhere in the church as well. So that those kind of go together. And he said, if you come back next week, that means you're in. And so I was in, and I did it. And you guys, I got to say this. It changed my life. It changed my spiritual life when I got intentional about my spiritual growth. You know, my mama, who's 78 years old and lives in Texas in assisted living, you've heard me talk about her before, you've heard me teach, because I love my mama. She's always, she's taught me so much. Um, She was the youngest of 10 children. She turns 79 years old next month. Um, She was the youngest of 10 children, the only girl. So she was the youngest and the only girl. She didn't date till she was 30, you guys. She grew up in a little, little farm town in central Texas. She moved to Dallas after she finished high school with a little bit of money and a lot of grit. And she made a life for herself, met my dad, married him, and, uh, and I came along. But I could write a book of all my, my mom's little sayings she used to say. But one of the things my mom used to say that stuck with me my whole life is she would say, Michael, because that's how she talks. She's the only person in my life who calls me Michael. Michael, you get out of it what you put into it. You get out of it what you put into it. Just like that. Journey, can I say this to you on January 3rd, 2021? You're going to get out of your spiritual growth, what you put into your spiritual growth. That's all I have to say. But let me, let me maybe ask you a question, kind of in that same vein. What if in 2021, we said every week that we, either online or in person, devoted ourselves to consistently gathering together to learn together through our weekly services? For some of you, that's not a big deal. That's an easy one. You'll click that off like no problem. But others of you, that's a big deal to say, I'm going to be in church. If you can't be here physically, you'll watch online so you can kind of stay in line. Pastor Christian's going to walk us through the book of Matthew all year this year. It's going to be an amazing study as we, have, uh, as we kind of unpack that book together. But just think about it this way. Think about your life at the end of 2021 if you make a commitment to your own spiritual growth, to learning under the apostles' teaching, under the, under, the, under the teaching that we have here at JCI. That's the first challenge I want to offer to you is what if that would happen in your life? Here's the second challenge. That's to connect together, to connect together. It says they devoted themselves in Acts 2 to the fellowship, to spending time together. You know, it's easier to stay focused when in community with our arms locked together. It's just, like I said earlier, there's no Lone Ranger Christian. You need each other if you're going to grow. The writer of Hebrews says it this way. He says, let us consider, let us count as a whole, let us really think about this, how we may spur one another on toward love and good deeds, not giving up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another and all the more as you see the day 
approaching. There's so much in that passage, but what I want you to see for our context is this, that you, if you're going to encourage one another, you need to be together. There needs to be that camaraderie. There needs to be that, that community. That's one of the things you have to have. And I'm okay at this one, but a hero to me in this area of building community is my wife, Wendy. Um, you know, my wife um, has always, her whole, our whole marriage has always had women in her life that she's investing in. That's just kind of part of her DNA, part of her deal. And a couple years ago, she, along with some others, started a small group of, of ladies. And um, they've been meeting for the past couple of years. And when March hit and COVID hit, that didn't stop them from meeting. They just went from meeting everyone together to meeting online through Zoom calls. They, just, they would just meet as, in, as a Zoom group. And then when things began to open up a little bit more where we could be together, socially distance more, um, they met at the park around the corner down on Prior Road when the weather was good. And they would sit, you know, six feet apart and they'd all, they'd all bring their lawn chairs and uh, they'd have their Bible study that way. And then when things um, be, and open up a little more, they'd meet here at the church. But um, a couple of weeks ago, um, during one of the Christmas Eve services, um, they all gathered, they all met, they all planned to meet at one of the services and they sat and they filled these two rows. All of them just filled these two rows right here. And, you know, one of the things, and then after they um, experienced the service together, um, they took a picture in our photo booth, of course. And here's that, here's that picture. And of course, my wife posted the picture to Facebook and uh, those ladies all started writing like love notes to each other on Facebook. You know how that happens? I love you. I love you so much. You're the best. You're the greatest person I've ever met. All that kind of stuff. Well, well, I, I, I saw that picture and I started kind of being a, being a Facebook creeper and reading all the comments there. And it, it made me think, man, I want to share these comments. These are, these are incredible. And here's in those comments, they publicly wrote them so I can publicly share them. Okay. Um, she said, some of the ladies said these things. They, one of them said, I am so thankful our path led me to this group of ladies. Another one said, I'm so very thankful for you all. You are my family. I love each of you and I pray for you daily. I couldn't ask for a more perfect placement of friends in my life. Another one said this. She said, it takes me almost an hour to get here every week, but I'd drive any distance to be with these ladies. They're a mix of ages. Some are married, some are not. Some are single moms, some are not moms. Some have been Christians a while. Some are brand new to the faith. And you're probably wondering, Mike, why are you telling me about this small group? And here's why. Because if you don't have something like that this year, why don't you make it a goal to help build something like that in 2021? Not just for your own spiritual growth, but because you have so much to offer others. That's a goal. And, and, and I want to just encourage and challenge you to do that. And why would, you, why would I challenge you to get intentional about building a group? Well, because of this. Because you get out of it what you put into it. You get out of it what you put into it. In our student ministry, you knew I was going to talk about student ministry, right? Um, this is one of our groups. This is a group of eighth grade girls. There's a lot more girls in this group than are in this picture, but they were at a, um, this was um, a while back. And um, one of the things about our student ministry here is that it's built around our small groups. Like we have great worship, we have teaching, we have community. This room is full of middle school and high school kids on Wednesday nights to so start back up this week. Excited about that. But um, really where the rubber meets the road in our student ministry is in our 17 different small groups that are kind of age and gender-based, led by adult leaders. And this is one of them. This is our, some of our eighth grade girls. And here's Carol and here's Kelsey. But right here is Barb. And uh, we love Barb. Barb is a retired nurse practitioner. She has been working with young people for over 50 years. She's been working with young people as long as I've been alive. 
That's unbelievable. One of the things that I'll talk to Barb about and talk to the other leaders is sometimes in, in ministry, in student ministry, sometimes it doesn't go great in small groups. Sometimes the kids are a little rambunctious, a little goofy, a little unruly, of course. And the best thing we can say in those moments is, well, we'll try again next week, right? <laughs> One of the things I talked to Barb about is this, that we overestimate the impact we can have on kids in a week, but we underestimate the impact we can have over a period of years. And the vision is that Barb and Kels and, and Carol would lead these girls, not just in their, they started working with these girls before their seventh grade year at the end of sixth grade, that they would work with them from eighth grade and then ninth grade and then 10th grade. And by the time these girls graduate, they'll just be like this little army, this little community. And here's why. Because life change happens best in the context of connected relationships. Let me say that again. Life change happens best in the context of connected relationships. And perhaps the greatest gift that God gives to you and that God gives to me outside of Jesus and his Holy Spirit and his word are each other. It's each other. We're not meant to be Lone Ranger Christians. We're meant to grow in community. That's why over 50 times in the New Testament, the phrases one another or each other is used. We're commanded in the New Testament to love one another and to pray for each other and to encourage each other and warn each other and greet each other and serve and teach and all those different things for each other. So many, and those happen in connected relationships and they don't happen at the same level, you guys, on social media. It's one thing to say, I'm praying for you on social media. You know, someone has, expresses a need, and that's a good thing. And you say, hey, I'm going to pray for you, Mark. I'm going to pray for you, Glenn. I'm going to pray for you, Christine. I'm going to pray for you, know, you, Laura. I'm going to pray for you. And that's good, but it's not best. What's best is if you're sitting in a small group with a group of folks, a group of guys, or a group of couples, or a group of ladies, and they put their hand on your shoulder, and through their tears, they pray for you, and they pray over you. That's... That's what we're talking about here. And I think that's what the scripture's talking about here. And my question for you is, who are you doing this with in 2021? Who are your people? Not just because you need it, but because they need you. My friend Luke and I talk a lot. Um, he loves small groups. He goes here to church here. He, he, one time we were talking, and he said this to me. He said, my community is life. You can't know God apart from knowing him in relationship to others. Even though church is often messy, it is the greatest source of life for individuals, families, and communities. The church community is the only hope. We both know Jesus is our hope, but you hear what he's saying here, the heart. The church community is the only hope for a world sitting in darkness. And here's my question as we turn to 2021. What if... In 2021, we said every week that we online or in person devoted ourselves to consistently connecting together through some kind of small group community. What if you said, I'm going to give it a shot? And I know what some of you are thinking. If I was sitting in your seat, I would probably be thinking some of these thoughts. And one of them is, well, Mike, I've tried that before. I've signed up for a small group. I've even gone to a small group. I've gone to this serve group, whatever it is. And, and it just didn't work. Like, I, they didn't understand. I didn't understand. I, it was awkward. Um, just leader wasn't what I thought they were going to, whatever it might be. You've tried it before, and it just didn't work. And that happens. I've been there, too. I've led groups that didn't work. I've been part of groups that didn't work. But that doesn't mean I stop. That doesn't mean you stop. You just keep trying. You keep looking. You keep trying to build community. You just kind of keep giving it a shot. You'll get there. And once you get there, you'll know it. And you'll go, how did I live without this? Another th person might be in here watching online. You might be thinking to yourself, I, I don't want to sit around in a group and talk about my feelings. Well, I'm not a real feely guy either. I don't like doing that either. But, you know, I mean, 
Heck, in the student ministry, I teach junior guys, like juniors in high school. I'm looking at one of them right now. They're not a group of touchy-feely guys, but every week we grind it out. We talk about what, what the message was about. We pray for each other. We pray for one another, knowing that we overestimate the impact we ha- can have in a week, but we underestimate the impact we can have over the course of years and years and years. Get involved. If you, if you just can't do that, get in a serve group where you, you don't have to like talk to each other across a table, but you can serve and kind of rub shoulders that way. Find somewhere to connect with other people in some way. Or maybe you're here and, you're, and you think this, Mike, I've tried a small group and I'm just kind of at the point now where I'm just going to grow on my own. Um, I don't need anyone. It's just me and Jesus. And can I, can I if that's you, I, I understand that. I can, I can even feel you a little bit. But can I just say to you that, that, you know, the Apostle Paul, one of the great leaders in the scripture, he surrounded himself with people to encourage him and to sharpen him, and then he could sharpen Barnabas and Silas and Timothy and Lydia and Priscilla and Aquila, so many people that Paul did that with. David, King David, had his mighty men who were his encouragement and held his arms up when he needed to be held up. Moses had Aaron and Joshua and so many others. You guys, listen, we are not meant to grow in Jesus alone. That is not the thing. That is not the way it works. You have a story to tell. You have lessons that you have learned. You have adventures you've experienced. You have memories to share and trials that you've been through and overcome, problems you need people to help you and pray for you about. You need a group and our groups need you. And we grow authentically when we say, hey, I'm going to let my heart guard down. I'm going to let my hair down a bit and take a step to grow spiritually. If that's where you're at today, if you're like, hey, you know what, Mike, I want to give it a shot. Text journey groups to that number. There'll be a list of groups and start and just kind of just pray, God, which one do you want me to, to, to get involved in? And not just to try to find community, but try to build community. Don't just go in there as a consumer and say, I'm, I'm going I'm to go in there to see what I get out of it. No, go in from the beginning to say, here's how I'm going to contribute to it. Here's how I'm going to kind of try to impact it, you know? So let's devote ourselves in 2021 to not just learning together, not just connecting together, but third, let's devote ourselves to tabling together. You say, Mike, what do you mean by tabling. Well, I'll say it this way. The table in, a, in, the, in the New Testament times, and really in, in, in many ways today, was a place of um, deeper and more intimate community, of deeper relationship. I would say accountability relationship. That's what the table is. You let someone sit at your dinner table, at your kitchen table. You sit across from someone at a restaurant. That's another level of relationship. And maybe 2021 is a year where you've been coming to church, you've been in a small group, but there's, there's a level of accountability relationship that God is leading you to kind of step into this year that you haven't been in before. The author Scott McKnight talks about the table this way. He says, in the Gospel of Luke, which Luke wrote Acts, and Luke, of course, wrote Luke as well. He says, in the Gospel of Luke, we find Jesus eating at a table with people in 60 references, which comes out to about two and a half references per chapter. Even to this day, when we sit together with someone at a table, this implies some sort of relationship. It may be a matter of friendship, of business, of trying to get, simply trying to get to know each other better. But in any case, sitting with another at a table is both a sign and a way to create and develop relationships. And I want to maybe challenge you this morning to, inve- to, to, to say, God, maybe it's time for me to invest in one of two different types of table relationships. The first table relationship would be a, one that like the apostle, these are both kind of rooted in the apostle Paul's life, would be like a Barnabas relationship, like a, re- a relationship where you're like, I, and w- the role Barnabas had in Paul's life is they, Barnabas was a great encouragement to Paul throughout a, a big chunk of his ministry. And maybe there's someone in your life, you're like, I've 
been, I've been wanting to meet with that guy. I've been wanting to meet with that gal. I've been wanting to kind of spend time with them just because I know that they would be an encouragement to me and I could maybe be an encouragement to them. Maybe this is the time, this is the year where you say, hey man, let's once a month. I mean, my wife, my wife just did this. A friend, someone in our church went up to my wife and said, hey, Wendy, um, I, uh, I, I, really, I really like you. I really think you're cool. And I really think I could learn from you and you could from me. Could we just t- take a walk once a month together? And just go for a walk for a couple of hours and just kind of encourage each other and pray for each other. And my wife loves that time every month with that friend of hers that she's made. Maybe this is a year for a Barnabas relationship, or maybe this is the year for you for a Timothy relationship or a Titus relationship. You say, Mike, what do you mean by that? Well, here's what I mean by that. I mean, I mean that, that you would have someone in your life who you would say, I'm going to intentionally invest in that person. Like, I'm going to intentionally, we're going to study the scripture together, we're going to grow together, and I'm going to intentionally invest in that person. I'm not saying leading a whole group of people, but just one person. Or maybe you as a couple, if you're a couple, you too are going to invest in another couple, in a Timothy relationship. Paul invested in Timothy. Timothy led the church in Ephesus. Paul invested in Titus. Titus led the church in Crete. That kind of thing. Not to say you're going to invest in church planners, but just to say, invest in people so that you could Um, see impact happen? What if in 2021, you could find a Barnabas to encourage you and who who you are able to encourage and a Timothy to invest in? Or maybe I could say it this way. What if in 2021, we said every week that we're going to devote ourselves to consistently tabling together to build deeper relationships and friendships? Well, that's the third one. Let's look at the fourth one real quickly, okay? And the third one is this, to pray together, to pray together. It says that the, in Acts 2 that they devoted themselves to prayer, that they intentionally were committed to corporate uh, prayer, to praising God together. You know, the importance of prayer is all over the scripture. Prayer is the furnace of ministry. It's our, the place where we connect to God so that then he can connect with others through us. And as a church, we understand that. We're growing in that as journey. Um, our vision, our heart is not that we would be a church that prays, but that we'd be a praying church, if you see the difference. Not a church that prays, but a praying church, that we would do this, that we would pray first. And when you wake up in the morning, some of you wake up in the morning, and you're like, Lord, it's morning. And I understand that. I'm not one of those people, but some of you, that's me at the end of the day. But in the, in the beginning of the day, you're like, Lord, it's morning. But to wake up and to pray first. Say, God, whatever is going to happen in my life today, I want to lean into you. To, to when you um, eat your breakfast, to pray first. You get in your car, to pray first. You have a meal, to pray first. You face a, some kind of challenging situation at work or at school, you pray first. Throughout the day, you, you feel this heart to, of God to pray first. As the day ends, you pray first. The heart is whenever, wherever, and with whomever you are, that there would be a spirit in you that would say, pray first. You know, the students um, in our student ministry hear me say this quote from time to time, um, maybe more often than I like to think I say it, I say it, um, because I feel like it's really important. If I were to ask you this question, I'm not going to ask you to raise your hands, but if I were to ask you this question, raise your hand if you want to make a difference in our world for Jesus. If I were to ask you that, and don't, you don't have to raise your hand, but because I know you do. But if you want to, and, and when I ask the kids to do that, most of them raise their hand because they're like, yeah, man, I'll raise, I want to make an impact for Jesus. I want to touch the world for Jesus. I'll say, that's awesome. I love your heart and I love your spirit that you want to make a difference for Jesus. But listen, if you want to be able to stand up for Jesus, you must first learn to sit down with him. If you want to make a difference in this world, if you want to be able to stand up for Jesus, you must first learn to sit down with him. What do I mean by that? I mean, you can't impart what you don't possess. What overflows from you? Is it Jesus who overflows from you? If it's not, it's because you're not sitting down with Jesus. 
Listen, maybe this 2021 year is a year where you're like, not just, you don't just want to pray with people, you need to sit down with Jesus more at a higher level and do better than you ever have. What if in 2021, what if in 2021, we said every week that we're going to devote ourselves to consistently praying together, not just personally, but praying together. Here's our part of the, how we're going to try to help you pray together. Um, Wait and pray, watch and pray, just pray. We've called it both, but it's wait and pray, watch and pray. These days, starting next Sunday, um, we're going to gather corporately right in here for a little bit of worship. If you've been part of Monday morning prayer or 21 days of prayer, it's going to look just like that. We're going to gather in here for prayer, um, and then we're going to hear a short devotional from one of our leaders here at church, and then we'll dismiss you to pray, and we'll all corporately then pray together. Maybe this year, would you make a commitment to pick a, pick a time or two or 10 of those and uh, make a commitment to pray together with us? Remember, you guys, you get out of it what you put into it. You get out of it what you put into it. I love this at the end of chapter two of the book of Acts. You know, these, these early Christians, they learned together, committed to the apostles' teaching. They, they connected together. They, they were committed to the fellowship. They, they did accountability together. They broke bread in each other's homes, and then they prayed together. And the crazy thing that happened as a result of what God was doing in them and all of them is that the Lord added to their number daily those who are saved. Now, I've heard people say, that was, a, that was then and this is now. And I agree, that was then, and this is now. And God was doing some supernaturally amazing things as the church was, early church was born and as the early church exploded. But what do you think would happen at Journey if every one of us, those watching online, those of us here in this room who, are part, who called Journey our church home, said, hey, I'm going to commit to every week the, the, the teaching. I'm going to commit to being here every week, whether it's in person or online. Hey, I'm going to get involved in a spiritual community where I can grow and I can have an impact on others. Hey, I'm going to table with some people. I'm going to do some accountability and and try to encourage someone personally and be encouraged by them. And I'm going to invest in someone personally and spiritually. And what if we all committed together to pray like it's going out of style, both personally and corporately as a church body? You know what I think would happen, Journey? The Lord would add to their number here daily those who are being saved. And that lights my fire. You know why? Because here's the thing. There are lost people throughout our communities, Raymore, Greenwood, Lee Summit, all the communities here and surrounding us. Who are, there are people, young and old alike, who are lost, who are hurting, who are hopeless, who need the hope and healing that only comes through Jesus, Right? You know what God wants to do? He wants to save them, and he wants to put them in a place where they can healthily grow spiritually. And if we were doing all the four things that we talked about, that I talked about in this message, this would be that kind of place, and God would add to our number daily those who are being saved. To glorify journey? No, to glorify himself, to create a place where his kingdom can grow here on earth as it is in heaven. Who signs up for that? I do. 2021 is a year where we're together, we are signing up. We are all in. And here's what I want to challenge you to do, to take one of the, or let me share this quote real quickly. Um, this is a Francis Schaeffer quote, um, one, of my, one of the great Christian apologists in the 20th century. He said this about community. Our relationship with each other is the criterion. It's the, it's the way the world judges, uses to judge whether our message is truthful. Christian community is the final apologetic. Why do we need to connect to each other? Because the world is watching us. And they need to see it. They need to see it. So here's my final challenge to you guys as we close. Nothing becomes dynamic until it becomes specific. He's like, Mike, what does that mean? Put it in your mama's terms, Mike. Okay, I'll put it in my mama's terms. My mama would say to you, 
related to this principle, if you aim at nothing, you're going to hit it every time. If you fail to plan, you plan to fail. Nothing becomes dynamic. Nothing changes until it becomes specific. So what do you do if you want to make change happen? You set goals and you move towards them. So here's kind of the final shot I'm going to give you. I left this in, the, in your notes blank. There's nothing to put in there except what you put in there. And maybe here today, you're going to say, I'm going to give all four of these a shot this year. I'm going to give um, learning. I'm going to give connecting. I'm going to give tabling. And I'm going to give praying all of those together a shot. Or maybe there's a couple of them in there. You're like, you know what? I'm going to step up my game in that area. I believe this, that we all can do better. And the world needs us to do better because they're lost and they're hurting and they're broken and they need Jesus desperately. Friends, we don't want you to miss out on the relationships that God wants you to grow in. We don't want you to miss out on the lessons he wants to teach you in 2021. And as that building over there grows and gets bigger and bigger and bigger, we want our faith and your faith, the house inside of you that God is building to get bigger and bigger and bigger. As the great motivational speaker, Michael Scott once said, you miss 100% of the shots you don't take. So give at least one of these a shot this year and see what God does in and through your life. Will you join me in prayer as we wrap up here together? Father God, I thank you. I thank you for this early church. We are in so many ways kind of the end result of that day at Pentecost where thousands of people came to Christ and the church was born and it expanded here we are today, and we're so grateful to be part of your family, part of your community, part of your army. God, thank you for the church. Thank you for Journey Church. Lord, we're not a perfect church. We don't have it all together. Just like that first church in the book of Acts wasn't a perfect church and didn't have it all together either. But Lord, our heart is that you would build in us personally and corporately a place where our community would that's lost and hurting without Jesus would see what you're doing here and say, I want that for myself. And they would come and you would use us to bring thousands to faith in Christ over the years to come. And Lord, I think in this morning of people in this room right now, people watching online right now, who they're not followers of Jesus today and their first spiritual step of 2021 is that step of salvation. They're sitting in their room or they're sitting in this place right now saying, I don't know the Jesus you're talking about. I want to experience community like you're talking about, Pastor Mike, but I don't know Jesus. How could I experience that? Well, it starts with beginning your relationship with Jesus. And if that's you here today or that's you here watching online, just in the silence of this place, in the privacy of your own heart, I would exhort you to repeat these words after me. There's nothing magic in the words, but it's just a prayer of confession It says, Jesus, come into my life and begin to change me from the inside out. Just repeat these words in the silence of this place and the safety of this moment. Lord Jesus, I need you. I'm lost without you. And I open my heart to you and receive you as my Savior. That means to save me from my sin. And as my Lord, that means to be the leader and master of my life. Lord, take control of my life begin to make me the kind of person you want me to be. Help me, Lord. Help me. I need you. I'm desperate for you. If that's you today, I want to rejoice with you and say, 
That's awesome. Let us know after the service is over that you prayed that prayer, that you prayed that prayer of confession to give your heart to Jesus. And Hannah will tell you how to do that in just a minute. Let me talk to the Christians for a second. Christians in the room today, followers of Jesus, brothers and sisters, can I say to you that 2021 needs to be your best year spiritually ever. I don't know what it holds, but I know who holds it. I don't know what trials are gonna come, but I know who will be with you through them. I don't know what community you're gonna build, but I know that there will be community built if you're intentional about it. My prayer for you is that you would give it a shot, that you would give the apostles teaching, that you would give fellowship, that you would give tabling, you'd give prayer a shot this year and see what God does with your open hands and responsive heart. Lord God, we love you. We're so grateful for your goodness. We're so grateful for your mercy. We're desperate for you. We want 21 to be, uh, as this building is built outside, our hearts are being built together inside. We want it to be a year where we celebrate your goodness like we never have before. And we just will give you the glory for all that you do. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. And